Okay, so, so let's stop. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome everyone to the Parenting Unknown Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. Well, it's been a long time since I've recorded. Well, it's felt like a long time. I just had a birthday a couple of weeks ago. I thought I was 34. Turns out I'm 33. I don't know how I would have thought that. And as is always, recording this, I got to watch a crime movie. And I've been trying to catch up on a show called The Offer which is basically about how The Godfather was made and all the ins and outs and dealings with the actual mob that it went through to actually come to screen. So naturally, I'm watching The Godfather. And right before I restarted right now, I'm watching the very last 10 minutes where Michael becomes Godfather to his sister's kid and they're pretty much just taking out everybody and they just saw Mo Green in the eye. So if you haven't seen this movie, spoiler alert, I mean, it's been out for like 50, 60 years, something like that. But uh, yeah, I've been... I've been real, real busy with life. I got a new job and it's nine to five. It's fast paced. It's a lot of ups and downs and moving my body. And thank God, because now I don't have to work out when I come home. <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. All I want to do when I come home now is eat, drink beverages. And for me, beverages are liquids that are just of water. That's really, that's really about it. Either water, coffee. Now, if I have a rock star, if not, and and maybe a soda or two once in a while, but beverages, just, I got to have my water. I just want to relax now. Kids are doing great. One of my big fears with uh, going back to work, well, going to work is that the dynamics with like the kids were going to frustrate my wife to the point where, you know, I know it just was going to be, ba- it just was going to be bad. But thankfully the kids are doing fantastic They are getting along with each other. Max just completed his first year of TK for homeschool and we're signed up for year two for kindergarten. And when we asked him, honestly, do you want to go to school with regular kids? Do you want to do homeschool? And he said, homeschool. Tell him you want to go to school with other kids, learn with other teachers. You had to go play with them. And we gave him the whole option. He said, no, homeschool. So be it as it may, we signed him for a year two of homeschool for kindergarten, which should go fine. We got his literacy results and he's testing in the first grade literacy. So reading, understanding, describing kind of certain things. So couldn't be more proud of the kid. You know what I mean? And with that being said, to be honest with you, it was, I know my wife a little bit too, but you know, just, just speaking for me personally, I'm not talking for my wife or anybody like that. Just talking from me, for my voice this is Matt Bronson talking with all the shootings that were going on in schools. It was, it was a little stressful. It was a little worrying some Sandy Hook. Now, this whole thing with Texas, if you've been under a rock, which I doubt, but this kid, 18-year-old kid, shot his grandmother, shot at a couple people, barricading himself in the school, and unfortunately, ended up killing 19, 19 kids. It's uh, 21 in total with two of the teachers that were all in the same classroom. And I was watching Interstellar, and it's a weird so we're at segue, but at the end of the movie, again, spoilers, this movie's been out for a few years now, but it just brought me back to thinking, and even more so now with everything the parents have gone through with some, their kids being, being sent up to heaven, even saying that it's, it's rough, you know, as a parent, as a regular person, it's rough, but as a parent, you feel, you feel worse. 
you feel bad. So in this movie, it's about not so distant future. Earth is dying. It's being chaotic. The humans aren't be able to produce food within within decades, and there's one chance left to get humans out of here. So Matthew McConaughey gets sent out on the secret mission to go find habitable planets. And with all the de- deception, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. So if you ever seen any of his movies, they are they are the best. The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger and Joker, that's his. While this guy's traveling through a wormhole, there's something called relativity. So in other words, they're traveling to another galaxy. Think of that distance stretched out millions and millions and millions of years. These wormholes are shortcuts. Just because we get into the shortcut doesn't mean that time's going to wait for us back at home. In the movie, they show these guys travel go to a different planet. And thanks to relativity, every second is... I think a year on earth or something like that. So what could be maybe a couple, two, three, four years as decades for us here on earth. They don't feel the ramifications because, you know, relativity. So it ends up with the guy going through the black hole, coming out, finding out that he came back to a better future. Whatever he had did, it worked. He gets out, he wakes up. Dr. tells him you're on Cooper's base, which is his name. And he thought it was named after him, but in reality, it's from his daughter who, you know, throughout the movie, he's been thinking about wanting to go back, messaging through the black. It's complicated. Just watch it. But she comes and as she's an older 60, 70 year old woman, you know, on her deathbed, there's all her kids, grandkids, and she sees her dad. And for him, it's been maybe a couple years with sleep stasis and everything like that. It's just like he just left yesterday. You know what I mean? But she says something that it was always sad because in the movie, you you feel for these characters in the movie. And it's always sad. Just in the recent couple of weeks, it's it just hit worse. Now, as she's talking to him, I guess saying their final goodbye, she says, you know, go, go with uh, the other doctor from the other planet. Go and because no parents should see their, their kid die. And he leaves and he, the camera pans out to her with her grandkids, her kids smiling like on her final days. And that quote just saying, you know, no parent should see their, their child die. It's, it just stuck more because as a parent, that's one of your worst fears, isn't it? I know it is worst fears for mine. I know when you have babies for a couple of months, you got to worry about Sid, the sudden, sudden infant death syndrome, which I think now they're starting to make breakthroughs of why this happens. It's always a fear. And me and my wife are checking on the kids sleeping, you know, periodically just, to, you know, just to make sure some, some may call it crazy, but no, but you know, that's, that's one of the fears. And with this whole shooting and you've seen, I think two, well, I was only see, able to see like two of the, the parents or just, just one. It was rest. You hear the hurt in their voice. And it's something that you don't want to, you don't want to face in this lifetime, especially when you have kids. And yes, I could sit here and talk on and on and on about gun violence and thoughts and prayers, but reality, that's not going to do nothing. It hasn't all these years. Shootings have been happening. They're too common now. I think over Memorial Day weekend, that there were, I think, 15 mass shootings in America. So fuck it, I guess that's what America is known for, the Kardashians, Statue of Liberty, and mass shootings. There are stats and we other countries have maybe like five, a couple here and there. So far in 2022, I think America has like 200 and 
54, 260 alone. How pathetic is that? And yeah, there's some cases where there's jealousy involved, there's gang, there's crime. Of course, because shit happens like that. But for these, these cases were shooting up in the school. The supermarket in Buffalo where this guy thought that it had to deal with white supremacy and saying something about black people attacking white people and making white people not have babies or something like that. I personally did not want to read into this because it's, it's damn ridiculous. There's a bigger, bigger crisis that's going on in this country, and that's our mental health. The fact that this country sends, I think it's over like 100 billion now to the Ukraine. It might be around 200, but it might be a little bit over 100. In funding to help the war efforts, yada, yada, yada. I call bullshit to that. We don't need any of that going to that country. I do feel for those people, and it sucks. War sucks. War's a bitch. In war, there's really no winners. But come on. People need to hear at home from gas prices, food going up, rent going up. There should be caps on rents. There shouldn't be caps on rents. Taxing the 1%, all this. And it's us, the average person that's suffering, that's dealing with all this shit. And of course, there's a huge mental health issue. You can look out on some of the streets in LA, some of the streets in Orange County. You see the homeless there. And granted, yes, there are people that fall on hard times or people that are drugs, people that choose that life, but then there's people that they just didn't get the help that they needed. Nobody wanted to deal with them. The funding was for, hey, come for this day, come for this week. And after that, your time is up on to the next person and out you go. It happens, but there really needs to be a bigger push into this mental health crisis that we have now because it's getting too ridiculous. You can't it seems not like you can't go to schools comfortably. You can't go to outdoor events. You can't go to garlic festivals, strawberry festivals. You can't go to a simple party. You can't go to the damn market. You can't go to a mall without fear of getting shot up. I never heard about any mass shootings or anything like that growing up. It wasn't until one of my friends who he wasn't he was he was there, but he wasn't all there. His parents were uh Seven day at Venice, so they were really heavily deep into the church. So, this guy, uh, I guess he was acting out, acting out of the, from the suppression. So, I remember this so vividly now. He once said, If he ever wasn't going to take out people, if he ever wasn't going to go out in this world, he would go to a mall and shoot it up and take as much people as he can with him. And we gave one of those nervous laughs, like, haha, like, you know, shut up, like, let's move on to the next subject. I mean, at the time, you didn't know what was going to happen if he was or not. But back then, this was in 96. I think we were like in third or fourth grade. So things like that weren't as big as a hit as they are now. And some say it's due to, I think, Clinton's ban on assault, assault rifles. Unfortunately, the Republicans let it expire. And hmm, I'm rough with the numbers, maybe around 04, 05. To let that uh, that ban expire and boop, shootings surpassed, I think, 47% ever since that ban during that time. I'm pretty sure it's gone up more now. But thinking about it back then, you know, we, there, was no, there was no such thing as that talk. Now, if you start texting or calling or even make a kid of a threat, meaning like a little small joke of it, FBI is at your door. People are notified the police. People are having everything in lockdown. It's so... It's unfortunate, but the technology has kind of caught up a little bit. 
But what really sucks is that I believe the, the Buffalo shooter, he recorded this and he live streamed it. And I, I've seen it. it was, it's horrible. Don't, don't watch it if you're, don't watch it at all. I don't know why some of these things just pop up in my feed and I watch them. I desensitize and it just a uh, window into how, how parts of this world actually are. But this guy was on a, on a watch list, raised a couple of eyebrows in the FBI and I guess they just let him go. Let him do his thing. And unfortunately, 10 people died. This guy was trying to kill himself. And I guess the police talked him out of it, which is beyond stupid. People like that shouldn't get a chance. If you're in a cop in that moment, I think at that point, it's kind of shoot, shoot. I mean, there's no, there's no, like, like the kid and 18 year old in, in the school in Texas. He was 18, just turned 18, I believe too. And he got shot and they interviewed the mom. And the mom's spent, they're, they're Mexican. The person that shot him was off-duty Border Patrol, Mexican, Latino, whatever you want to call it. That's not getting too much of the media because it's not what you, they want you to believe. Everyone wants you to believe is Border Patrol's bad, they're evil, they're this, they're that. But in reality, a lot of the border people that are preventing people from trying to cross this border look like, look like me. They look Mexican, Hispanic, Latino, whatever you want to call it. They're just... They're a big part of the numbers, but it's, it's not that it's not the narrative they want you to see. And I mean, it's a damn, it's the honest truth. Kid got shot. They killed him. And, you know, that was that. And unfortunately, the mom being Mexican, too, she was saying, forgive me, forgive me, forgive my son. And I don't think a lot of people on the Internet, they don't understand when someone's in pain, someone's betrayed and they say, forgive me. It kind of mirrors the words of like Jesus being on the cross saying, you know, forgive them. They don't know. They do not know what they do. It's, it's an omission of guilt and people on the internet, you know, people on the internet are asses. They're idiots. They talk out of their ass. And most of the time they just don't make sense. So with these comments saying, you know, forgive me, how can we forgive you? You know, you're a piece of shit. You raise this, you raise that. It just total like a misconception. Do they have a right to say that? Maybe because I mean, it's a sensitive issue. It's a sensitive topic. It's a sensitive event. So them saying, you know, in our culture, hearing those words, forgive me, forgive me. It's, it's a burden that you placed upon yourself that you're responsible. And when you hear that mom saying, forgive me, it's not saying, you know, forgive me because you know I get off scot-free. No, no, it's none of that. It's, I have this, this huge weight now on my heart. Till the day I die, I'm going to answer to this, to my maker. And it's something very strong, very powerful that when you hear in English, just, you know, forgive me. It, it's, it's much deeper than that. It's, it's, pure, it's pure heartache. It's pure pain. It's pure betrayal. It, it's, it's everything. So the fact that people misconstrued this and talk their shit, it just shows how information is being, you know, done up in the air and not talked and, you could easily make your assumptions without actually being in the culture and knowing what some of these phrases and words are. Because I'm pretty sure whether it be, I don't know, Russian, Native, Japanese, Chinese, everyone has their own saying. And when you translate them into English, yeah, they mean, you know, more or less what they mean. But in your own language, there's sometimes there's usually two or three meanings behind it. And Mexican culture has a lot of that. And it just, all this heart taken, being tired. Not, I'm trying not to give 
my energy to it too much. It sucks. It's a horrible event, but I got other things to deal with. I got to go to work. I got to keep up. I got to make sure that we have money for bills, rent, the kids' toys because they want their toys. Bills, rent, all of this stuff, being able to come be a good dad for a couple of hours when I come home, be trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good person overall. Like if you're if you feed this negative negativity, it's gonna grow more and more and more. And I do feel for this event because while well, I have kids and to say you're a parent and you, you kind of brush things off like that, it's kind of absurd. It don't make sense. It's empathetic. It's it's trying to do better by this world. And I don't I just can't it come on the news. I can't watch it. I can't look at it. I don't I don't want to see myself in them. You know what I mean? I don't want to get lost in it because let's face it, some events we could get lost in. We can bring on more anxiety that we don't need, more stress. As it is, thinking about go, the kids going to school, me and my wife talked about, I think I mentioned it before, about buying the kids bulletproof backpacks or even a bulletproof plate. How ridiculous is that? Now we have to go to school. At Going to school, all right. Biggest thing is going to school or back to school sales. And, you know, paper was like, fuck, how much is paper? Like 25 cents? Pencils are like five, 10 cents erasers. And sometimes you're, I think my grandma, but sometimes you would go and school was starting and they would say, go get your stuff. And you literally walk out with a basket because all this stuff was so much on sale and it's exciting. You get it like five new outfits, maybe three, or at least, you know, four or five shirts and like another pair of shorts, pants, some new shoes. And you were set for at least half the year, if not the whole year. But it seems like now turns out a huge, huge thing to think about now when it comes to school supplies. And it's very unfortunate that now there's actually a market for bulletproof plates for kids' backpacks from pre-K all the way up to high school. How pathetic and sad is that? Not that I don't like or appreciate the idea. I, I do because if our kids could be safe one way or another, you know, go for it, right? But the fact that we have to have these things, it's the real shame. It's the real you know, what are we doing in this country? Why? To say like, oh yeah, it won't happen in my school. It's just don't say that. It's better to be a little bit on the cautious side, a little bit to be on the eyebrow raising, thinking positive than to just be oblivious to the fact that these things do happen, unfortunately. And they're happening more and more, which is really sad. This is why we need to attack this mental health crisis, getting people help. So if a kid has certain thoughts, a kid has certain beliefs, ideologies that Normally, they would be called freaks or weirdos. We have to change that talk. We have to change that understanding so that kids don't feel bad when they have thoughts that aren't quote unquote normal, thoughts that aren't quote unquote go along with uh, the masses. And there are, there are kids like that. I was a kid like that. I would, I would be called weird. If I was in a room full with people who like pop music, I like black metal. I could be looked at as weird. But is that a reason to bully, talk shit to? Absolutely not. And some of these kids now, they have these thoughts, these feelings that aren't with their friends or the other kids in the classroom. And just because it doesn't go with them, they get bullied, they get tortured mentally, of course. And it seems like nothing's done. It seems like the parents, you talk to the parents of the, the bully, nothing gets done. It's, it's a commonality that's far too, far too seen. So there really has to be a change with us. 
So by telling your kids, you know, if you see somebody who's sad, you know, try to just try to talk to them, be their friend, somebody who's being alone, eating alone, just just by talking or making that effort could go a long way. Those could be the building blocks of, I don't know, healing, getting better. And some of our issues run deep. And just because we may be at home suffering, hitting the situation we're in, all it takes is for one good friend or somebody outside of your home to just ask you're okay to kind of change your world a little bit, kind of make a difference. Me, I had going with my cousins, going with my aunt on my birthday every year, every single day, every single day, every single year on my birthday, my aunt would pick me up. I think she lived like in Burbank or Sherman Oaks, something like that at the time. And we go to the movies. And it's all I wanted to do. And even now to this day for my birthday, that's all I want to do. So you want to, what do you want to do for your birthday? You want to go out to eat? You want to, I don't know, go to Vegas? I don't know, some shit like that. My answer is always, I just want to go see a movie. Couldn't this year because, you know, things were up in the air, a little bit of busy, but that's, that's pretty much all I want to do. And the reason why I want to do that reminds me as a kid where that's what I looked forward to because for that good two, three hours of the experience of going to the movie, getting the tickets, sitting down, going to the restroom, coming back, drinking soda, eating popcorn, hot dogs, watching this film on screen. I didn't have to think about my life. (laughs) I didn't have to want out. I didn't have to think, why me? For that short amount of time, I was, I was free. So, not saying that I have those thoughts now as an adult because I don't, but it just makes me feel good now. And it's funny because you you may think like all you do is watch movies. Even when you record, you're watching a movie, even though now I changed from the Godfather. Now I'm watching Eastern Promises about, you know, the Russian mob. <laughs> uh, those, those thoughts as a kid, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those traditions you want to keep going. And if you're fortunate enough to show with your kids, my kids don't like the movies right now, and that'll change when they get older. It better change. <laughs> you know that that's that's why I keep that tradition alive for me. It's because I, in a time where I could say like I wasn't happy too often, if I could do something every year once on my day that's special to me because I was born that day. I'm the one spending, you know time on this earth, spinning around the sun, spinning around the solar system. Me, it's my life. I choose to do it with who I want to and what actually makes me happy because, <clears throat> sorry, birthdays for me now are a big reflection. And before when you're younger, it's about going out, celebrating, partying, getting drunk, whatever, whatever your, whatever your thing is. But for me now, I guess when you get older, it's time for reflection to give thanks. And for me this year, I couldn't go. We couldn't go out. Actually, we did go out. We went to uh, we went to Crow World Fest, which is the festival to go to for us, or in my eyes. It was Blondie, Bauhaus, Missing Persons, English Beat, London After Midnight, Black Audio, Morrissey, Devo. It was just like the best festival I could ever imagine. And we went and we had tickets two years ago, but COVID happened and you know we had to wait. So we got our tickets. We went. It was supposed to be for my birthday, but a little wrong just to say like, you know, this is just for my birthday because me and my wife absolutely loved it. We enjoyed it. And it, it, it kind of feels like a little bit selfish to say like, this was for me, which me and my wife, 
share this excitement and this passion for this music. Usually it's, you know, what I want to do, I want to go to the movies. But this year I was reflecting a lot. And we just came to this concert. I just sat down staring at my kids, staring at my wife and just think how lucky I am. How lucky I am to be alive, breathing, to be able to say like, you know what? I look forward to tomorrow now. I look forward to five, 10 years in the future, 15, 20. I'm enjoying this moment. I know that I can't last forever. And believe me, if I would, I could. I'd probably be like Lestat or, or Louis from uh, Interview with the Vampire and just live forever. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know, like I can't be here forever. And in my last moments, I'm all I have is my thoughts, my memories. And if I do think about that time, I'm not going to think about me going to the movies, me having a so-and-so car, a so-and-so, whatever. These materialistic things don't matter. My computer that I'm looking at right now don't matter. My TV screen, maybe. Nah. Uh, but what does matter is my memories of my kids, memories of my wife, family, friends, and I think that's the most important thing to do in this life is to build these relationships, this love, these friendships. And, you know, unfortunately, not everyone's fortunate to have that. And it all feels like I've been talking a long, long time, which usually I, I cut it off like 15 minutes ago. But since I haven't recorded in a while, this is what you're getting. But, you know, all this. And I'm sorry, by the way, if I've been releasing these a little bit late. I, like I said before, I've been really busy. So hopefully... I record this and I'll start editing it tomorrow on my day off and it'll be actually be out on Thursday. If not Friday, if not Saturday, but hopefully, right? So bear with, damn it, what was I saying? I forgot. But that's probably a good point to close this episode out. So thanks again for listening for another week. And with all that's going on, just love your loved ones. Give them a hug when you can, see them when you can. And if you have kids, give them a couple extra looks and, you know, for a good couple extra seconds. Just let that imprint in your brain. You know, shout out to my friend Henry from middle school. Just had his first kid. Really exciting. Hopefully everything's going well for him. Um, Like I mentioned before, this podcast, the first year is kind of rough sometimes, but it's all well worth it. It's all natural. All these feelings and emotions you are dealing with, you've all been through. You're not alone. But thanks again for listening for another week. And until next time.